Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media because we are Nationals on Network, going live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Find links to the show on our Twitter and our Instagram and hit us up on TikTok as well. We got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for our show and they help out all of you. With Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or simply WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, BoneandJointTN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Plus, Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans. That means better coverage, better rates, better service. Learn more about a health plan for you, FBHP.com. Slash ATOZ. So Zach, I'm actually excited that I that I'm doing this show before being able to watch James Foster's breakdown of Malik Willis. So I don't have my opinion skewed by uh, our film film analyst at A to Z Sports Film Room. Uh, but Malik Willis once again was the story overline overriding storyline of the Titans preseason game against the Buccaneers. Sam Phelan found out before the game that he would be starting. So for the second time in a row. Malik Willis as the starting quarterback. Uh, and overall, I thought it he threw a touchdown pass instead of running for a touchdown in this game. The Titans did win the game. Uh, that was the only touchdown they scored. So Malik Willis responsible for both and the only two touchdowns the Titans have scored thus far in the preseason. Uh, and But, but I, I feel like it got started off better. And we knew that coming out of the first preseason game, the focus was Malik Willis on trying to stay in the pocket a little bit longer, be more patient. And here was uh, Mike Vrabel's comments yesterday, the day after uh, the game on on Malik Willis. Yeah. So the thing that you know, obviously, that stood out was you know we, we were able to rip a you know a timing route in there to um, Nick early in the game, which is something that um, he didn't do last week. And we worked on it in practice, and we and it was cool to see him be able to hit that, and maybe he can kind of see how the whole process works, the the play pass, um, the timing of it, and uh, you know, 21 yard gain. Um, other things that that we still have to, and we still want to be able to to work on the, the operation, you know, at the line of scrimmage, the command. I just think it's tough to to run, you know, talk to him about running out of the back of the pocket. And there's times where he's going to take off and make plays, and protection breaks down, and he's going to shrug guys off. And he did that and did a, found Dez, <clears throat> found Hassan. I just I don't want to see anybody get hurt, especially our quarterbacks. And just you know, you run out of the back of the pocket in this league; these guys are coming. So we'll continue to to coach him and his pocket presence and being able to keep his eyes downfield and. You know, it's such a fine line, but I just look at the beginning part of the game and the the one you know timing pass that we needed to complete and wanted to see him do, he did it. So you know we, we at least made some progress there, you know, and then we'll continue to work, you know, on some of the other stuff. So there's Vrabel yesterday, the day after the game, and he's mentioning the pass to NWI right the first play of the game, the play action bang play. The Titans love to run. He hit NWI uh, in the zone. You got to give credit to NWI catching the football, making a spin out of it, and going and getting some yak there uh, for NWI. But Zach, what was your overall thoughts on Malik Willis the second time we get to see him in a preseason action? You know, I think he improved. I think that he took the coaching over the last week and tried to implement it within his game. You know, the coaching staff and Malik Willis both are feeling each other out. Willis has the athletic ability to make plays, and he's going to continue to do that. And that's something that the coaches can't see, can't prepare for. That's just playmaking ability, right? So there's always going to be that. And then they're trying to learn about him, right? That trust that Willis is not going to get hurt, that he can run away from, from defenders. I think it's hard for coaches because they know this is a preseason game, and the starters in the NFL that aren't playing in these preseason games are stronger, faster, and quick, more agile, can can tackle better. I mean, they're just they're better, <laughs> you know. And so I think that is always probably in the back of the coach's mind. But I like the execution. Now it's the first play of the game. Can you execute that in the third quarter where it's not scripted? Right. That's something that we we'd like to see more of. But. And he look, he made some bad throws too. I mean, he made some, you know, 
uh, throws that you would say, whoa, that you don't see that in the NFL. You see that maybe for the New York Giants, but you don't, you don't see that at good quality quarterbacks. And so he's learning, but I thought from week one to week two, he took a step in the right direction. And here's the most important thing, and we'll discuss Logan Woodside. It's, you know, Logan Wood slides. He's sliding away. He's not, he's not doing what he needs to do to put pressure on the draft pick. The Titans want Malik Willis to earn the number two quarterback job. They drafted him for that. It is a you, you are replacing what Woodside gave you over the last couple of years with a better, more athletic, higher drafted quarterback. And that you hope to eventually play in regular season games, whenever that is. So, and and it's tough for Logan Woodside. He was a good filler over the last couple of years, but they brought in somebody new. And Willis, I think, just in two preseason games, has cemented himself as the number two quarterback. So, look, what we thought going into the season, or, you know, Austin, you kind of said the inactive stuff, that has changed, right? Yeah. All of that stuff is out the window. We now, we can see clearer as the media and as, as you know, for fans, they can see clear who the number two quarterback is, but I like from preseason week one to preseason week two, I like the difference of the two games from Malik Willis. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you said Logan Wood slides. Dorian says uh, Logan Wood sidelines <laughs> as, as uh, that's where Logan Wood side needs to be. And, and I, I'm with you there because, you know, Scott says promising, uh, but Malik is still a pro uh, project. And Josh says he was definitely checking out more reads the, this game. You can tell that he's willing to be coached up and get better. And that's kind of what that's I, good, right? right? Checking I mean, out reads is better than not even looking at them. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I forget who it was earlier in the show. See if I can scroll back up. But part of my uh, practice observations last week is that you could tell Malik was more aware of staying in the pocket uh, more conscious of staying in the pocket a tick longer this past week of practice. And Rob brings it up. Rob says uh, that touchdown pass was pretty nice too. He went to his one, then his two, then his three, and then for the touchdown, right, of hitting Chickaconquo across the middle for that. Titans Kyle's right, uh, he's still missing reads, but he did a better job of staying in the pocket and going through progressions. Just need to learn what NFL Open is compared to college football Open. That's no doubt about that. Like the, the amount of times that I see Traylon Burks on a TV copy – running open and not getting the football is frustrating, but that's going to change when Ryan Tannehill is the starting quarterback. But Malik Willis has definitely put uh, Logan Woodside on notice, but I also think it's fair to say that as much as Malik Willis has improved, Logan Woodside is also falling off, right? Like the three interceptions in two preseason games uh, are not good for Logan Woodside. I don't remember him really making bad decisions or poor throws that got him into trouble like that in preseasons previous uh, that allowed him to keep on that number two job. And, and it's not like Logan Woodside's never had pressure from a quarterback being brought in that was more talented than him. He's had guys who were draft picks and backups uh, come into camp and like Trevor Simeon, who had a lot more experience than him. And there's a uh, Brett Hundley and a lot of other guys uh, who have come in and, and exited that Logan Woodside has outlasted as Titans backup. It's a, kind of a longer list there. But this one seems different where Logan Woodside is probably having the worst preseason of his three preseasons with the Titans. Uh, and it's at a time where his job is up for grabs. Yeah, worst time. Yeah. One thing I wanted to note from Malik Willis, I felt like against the Bucks, his eyes were more downfield. Where in week one, his eyes were on a swivel, right? Yes, he was yes. feeling the pressure. He was running away because he's as talented to do so. But eyes downfield, and I think that was going back and you know over the week, and we saw some of it. We put screenshots up last week. The missed opportunities for Malik Willis, and you're not going to come back and realize those missed opportunities unless your eyes are downfield and you're looking for them. And so I felt like you know he he didn't he didn't have an outstanding game. He wasn't throwing touchdown pass. You know it, they started slow. They no. started real slow. Both teams did. And so you're sitting there and you're like, wow, this is bad football for a little while. And then they started to kind of get settled in and Malik started to get, you know, make plays. But also, Austin, and I have to say this because we cannot ignore this. Malik Willis also had the benefit 
of it being a preseason game and them going forward on fourth down early on in the game. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks don't get four downs. Okay, guys, they don't get them. They get three. And it, once you get three, you punt the football away in real meaningful games. Well, time and time again, because it was preseason and Mike Vrabel likes to play aggressive and likes to give more opportunity and he doesn't care, if, you know, he doesn't because the outcome does not matter. Yeah. I I also take that into consideration because but you I think you get those four downs. Yeah, no, like you have to know that you don't get it right, like you're saying, but I also like the fact that, okay, it's fourth down. Fourth and three, uh, you know, right across midfield. How are you going to deal with that situation, Malik? And I thought with the zone read on that first one, I I, I thought he might have made the wrong read. Probably giving to the running back was the right call there, and he got tackled for a loss. And so now that's a teaching point that Mike Vrabel has created for himself because he put Malik Willis in a situation that they might need him in down the road to be better than that in the preseason when the result doesn't matter. Here's the most positive out of everything on the quarterback situation regarding the Tennessee Titans. It's really not that Malik Willis has surpassed Logan Woodside. The fact is, Ryan Tannehill not playing like Logan Woodside this training camp is huge. He's playing like the opposite. He has solidified him as the starter. He's had one of the best camps that we've seen, I think, at Titans quarterback in recent years, right? I mean, wouldn't you say that, Austin? You've seen him hand in hand. I mean, over the last five, six years of all the quarterbacks, including Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill this year is having one of the best camps. He doesn't need to start in these preseason games. He doesn't need to play because it is that clear cut. Imagine if Tannehill was struggling and throwing picks and not having this this type of training camp. The camp he had last year, right? Right? Then I think we'd think completely different. So that should kind of give some relief to a lot of Titans fans that that's the state of the franchise heading into the season and not all of the other circumstances. Right, so the title of the show, four Titans players solidifying their roles with their performance against the Bucks. I think Malik Willis, in my opinion, again, this is all our opinions, right? Uh, in my opinion, I think Malik Willis has started to solidify his role as the backup quarterback. Cloudhouse says on YouTube, I'll take the physical skills uh, for Malik over anything that, that Logan can do. And, you know, just to wrap up this conversation before we move on to the other three guys we're going to talk about today is, yeah, like Logan Woodside has physical limitations. And a lot of that has to do with his arm, right? Like the, the inability to push the ball. Like the reason why he's thrown two interceptions on deep balls is because they're significantly underthrown. The reason why Traylon Burks didn't score a touchdown on the deep ball against the Ravens is because it was underthrown. And it was a the bad inside. football. <laughs> yeah. And like, and Logan Woodside, like Mike Vrabel talked yesterday that he likes the decision-making of Logan Woodside. It's not that he's making the wrong decisions. He's making the right decisions, but doesn't exactly have the arm strength to get it there. And so he has to play with so much, you know, anticipate, anticipation that he can't miss, right? You can't be a half a tick late with a weaker arm like Malik Willis and others can get away with. No, you can't. And all right. So Austin, I'll, I'll ask you this before we move on to another player. And I'm going to just do this every week leading to the season. Are you more, are you, have you changed your mind on Malik Willis packages during the regular season? I mean, not yet. I still think anything Malik Willis can do right now, Ryan Tannehill can also execute and better. Like, I, I still think Ryan Tannehill gives so you, you still a don't think that they will have a Malik Willis package? I, I, again, I said, as of right now, I don't think it's necessary. Now, again, he can continue to get better, but as of right now, Tannehill can do everything Malik Willis can do, but better. Well, you only have one more week. That's what I'm saying is you're not going to see Malik Willis until the regular season after next week, right? If I, you do. I mean, again, as of right now, I don't think there's a point to it. I think keeping Ryan Tannehill on the field is the smartest thing to do uh, with any of their quarterback. I, I think there's a guarantee that you there will be a Malik Willis package, 100%. I would bet, uh, I would bet $150 on that right now. Yeah, I that's guarantee fine. it. Uh, Jake says Austin just stroked out on anticipation because I was confused. I was almost like between anticipation and anticipatory, which is a, a different type of thing, right? So, anyway, it is esports here live on this Monday. Uh, three other Titans who we think are solidifying their roles with their performance. We'll get to those guys, including 
a rookie that we're liking a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, but first, let me get to uh, uh, one of our great sponsors. That is the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, you got to know who to go to and who to trust. And they have experts across any type of injury you could possibly think of, uh, you know, head, your neck, your spine, all the way down to your feet. They have specialists there in Franklin that can help you out and get back to health, boneandjointtn.org. It is eSports. We are powered by BetMGM. Download the app today. You'll see that right there on your screen. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. Get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 for new users. That's brand new users. You get that risk-free $1,000. So, they, and it doesn't have to be $1,000. It could be $500. It could be $488 up to $1,000. So, you pick a bet risk-free. If you win, you win. If you lose, you win because you get your money back. Risk-free right there. Use the promo code A-T-O-Z-S-P-O-R-T-S. No spaces, all one word. That's your promo code. And hit up BetMGM. All right, so we're going through the four players that we think uh, have solidified their roles with the Titans. And we went with Malik Willis. I think he solidified himself as the backup quarterback for this team. And Logan Woodside is no longer uh, necessary in the development of the backup quarterback job. Again, my opinion. I also think Kyle Phillips has really solidified his role, Zach, as the punt returner. Uh, I heard Vrabel uh, with Mike Keith after the game on Titans Radio basically saying that, yeah, that Kyle Phillips uh, is going to continue to return punts until somebody else does the job better. <laughs> and so I don't think anybody's going to do the job better. Now, he did. Vrabel did say yesterday that it was a bright spot, but you also can't return the punt out of the end zone. So, but he got to the 26-yard line. So, I mean, if you're going to do that. That won't always happen. Though. No, no. Uh, especially when guys who are actually on rosters are covering punts, not guys who are, will not be on rosters covering punts right, right now in the preseason. But I, I think Kyle Phillips, what I, what, again, the whole story for Kyle Phillips this training camp is he started by looking fantastic in ladder drills, right? Then he looked really, really good doing one-on-one versus the DBs. Then it took him some time. Then all of a sudden he was playing more seven on seven and 11 on 11 with Tannehill. And then you get into the end of game situations in a joint practice against the Bucks, and, and Ryan Tannehill is finding Kyle Phillips on third and five with 50 seconds left in a spot where you got to get a first down to keep the game alive and hitting Kyle Phillips on an out route out of bounds, stop the clock first down, right? So you're seeing those things progress in camp. And then you see him start to catch the ball in preseason. You see his punt return ability where he had a 26-yard return, a 30-plus-yard return from punts. And I really feel like Kyle Phillips, the, the maturation process has been quick, but we've really seen it play out step by step. 90% of returning is decision-making. Yes. Making your decision on if you're going to catch the football, if you're going to run with the football, if you're going to fair catch the football, or if you're going to let the football go. Those it's just decision making. Ten percent is playmaking ability, which you saw a little bit when he made the wrong decision. He made playmaking ability, but nine out of ten times that probably not going to end up real well. And he knows that. I'm sure the coaches came out and was like, "No, no, no, yes, yes, yes." You know, you have that in sports. But I do think that Kyle Phillips has earned that spot, right? I and I think this could be huge for the Titans this year because special teams. You know, we've talked about, you know, the history of Titans punt returners, and they've gone, you know, the merry-go-round of the Dory Jackson experiment. You know, Mark Mariani is probably the best one that they've had in the last 10-plus seasons, right, with reliability, decision-making, and playmaking ability. And then, you know, you've had guys in and out ever since then. Kyle Phillips, as a role in, on this team, I think that's huge because if he can make the right decision, now all of a sudden the offense maybe gets the ball on the 35 instead of the 20. Maybe all of a sudden uh, instead of on the three-yard line where Derrick Henry has to run a 97-yard touchdown run, you're starting on the 17, right? Like whatever it is, that can make a huge difference to set the offense up for success and get them rolling. And I think the other, the last thing I'll say about the, the return job for Kyle Phillips, it can kind of give a little juice to the offense. If you see a guy make a play and return the ball 17, 26, 23 yards, when you expected to get, I feel like every offense 
and every quarterback should expect, I'm either going to get the ball in the 20 or the 25. That's mm-hmm. that's where my starting point is, right? But if all of a sudden you blink and you, you, know, you start on the 37-yard line and you're just trying to push and get into yeah. field goal range and, yeah. and get some points, that I think it gives that that unsaid confidence to an offense that the Titans haven't had in some time. Oh, it's can you get that extra first down, right? Because if you can pick up a bonus first down for your offense, yeah, and you're right, the juice. I feel like the offense coming onto the field has an extra level of pep or energy because they just watch the return guy go get him a free first down plus, right? And so I, I do think uh, Kyle Phillips has solidified his role not only as the punt returner, but also as the go-to slot guy who can be what everybody hoped Adam Humphreys could could be. But Kyle Phillips needs to stay healthy, and he's also like 20 times cheaper than what Adam Humphreys was signed here to be as a slot guy. So I do think Kyle Phillips is off to a fantastic start so far. And as a guy who's a day three pick, you know he might be one of your better rookies this year in a rookie class that I think, like I said earlier, still on pace for all nine of those guys to make the team. All right, Zach. We've got two defensive players that we think solidified their roles on Saturday as well. Different roles, but second-year guys that we're going to talk more about. Rashad Weaver and Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley, and I thought Teron Davenport did a good job of asking this question of Rabel yesterday. Caleb Farley played the most snaps of anybody on defense Saturday night. He, he played a lot more snaps than Roger McCreary. Why is that? And Vrabel was... His answer was, well, he had a bad day Wednesday against the Bucs. He had a really good day Thursday against the Bucs in practice. They wanted to see if he could have a second good day in a row against the Bucs in the game. And what did he do? He had a good game. Sure, he got Scotty Miller beat him, right? You're, you're going to get beat. But Farley played physical. He broke up passes. He was around the football. He almost had a fumble recovery. But you liked what you saw from Caleb Farley. And that third day of work, against the Bucs proved to be important for Farley's maturation. Well, it solidifies why you guys should watch A to Z Sports because we told you all about those days. Every single day that Vrabel mentioned that was good, bad, was the facts, right? I mean, we saw it with our own two eyes. And I think for, for Mike Vrabel, we've always said this about Caleb Farley. He hasn't played a lot of football. Mm-hmm. He needs to play more football. He didn't get the opportunity to play more football last year. He needs that playing time. And he needs, we talk about confidence. He needs the confidence, I think. I feel like, you know, Caleb Farley, you know, draft getting drafted in the first round can give you some confidence. But if you don't play after that and he didn't play much, then you, you have to have that psyche that I think he's trying to attain. And it's better to try to attain that in the first three preseason games instead of the first three regular season games when you may be on Devontae Adams, right? Probably, and Stefan Dix. <laughs> so you don't want to try to gain confidence against those guys because those guys will eat your lunch. They just will. And look, uh, Galladay for the Giants, you can throw him in there, but I, you got some big-time wide receivers in the first three games of the season. Farley's got to get right because if I'm an offensive coordinator for the Giants – the Bills and the Raiders, I'm going right at number three. I'm sure. testing number three. He's at back issues. He's coming off of an ACL. He hasn't played much football. All of that stuff is public knowledge. It's documented. I'm going at Farley. I think I feel better about Farley today than I have, but I'm still skeptical. I, I, I for this, and we did four players, Farley, I think, has the role. I don't know how he's going to play in that role. Yeah, for sure. And I think the role is that he's the outside guy. And Xavier's right. I feel like it was common sense to give Farley more reps. McCreary has been playing football nonstop. Like, right? Like, McCreary's been playing. He played two years in all games for the last five years, four days a week. Right. And, you know, McCreary's been out there balling. And, and, like, I loved the fact that the opening kickoff, I don't know if you picked on this, opening kickoff, I see the, the Bucks guy returns it out of the end zone. I'm like, all right, here we go. And then, boom, great special teams tackle. And who pops up? 21, Roger McCreary. Like, of course. Of course, Roger McCreary makes a really good tackle. In his, that was his first snap in the in, as, in the NFL because he did not play last week against the Ravens. So, I think you can feel really good about your top three corners as of right now. Now, Rashad Weaver, 
is also a big deal because I think you can feel pretty good about your top three edge rushers, right? Because <laughs> you know what you got in Harold Landry and Bud Dupree who are making $170 million over the next four plus years to combine. And then you've got Rashad Weaver to be your third guy. I mean, that guy has not, he's made plays last preseason and he hasn't stopped making plays this preseason. Just unfortunately he broke his leg in week one last year. So you didn't see what it translated into, but Rashad Weaver's uh, off to another great start this year. Well, he's gotten bigger. You know, you go from rookie body to second and third year body and it changes in the NFL. It always does. And so, you know, I think I look at that. It's like Giannis Antetokounmpo. When he's a rookie, he doesn't look the same play as he becomes in he's a man. Rashard Weaver is starting to grow into his body. I felt like, I feel like he looks a lot bigger this year than maybe he did last year. And he's rehabbed and he played very well. And I think he's going to get reps. You know, Landry, what they, they, what they want to do, and they haven't done this. Haven't we heard Austin over the last, well, since Harold Landry was drafted. Man, we need to play Landry less snaps. He doesn't need to play as many reps. He won't play as many reps next year. Oh, we're going to cut down on his reps here in the future. And every single year is more reps. It's not less reps. He's out there. So what I think they need, and they haven't really had, is they needed a guy to spell either of those players. And Weaver is nicely stepping into that role. Yeah, no doubt. So let's ask this question real quick, Zach. Who do you feel better? Who do you feel more confident in through two preseason games? Is it Caleb Farley or is it Rashad Weaver? So we have to understand that these are not exactly even roles in what they're playing. Caleb Farley will be counted on to play more snaps than Rashad Weaver. You know, the nature of the cornerback position is you're going to get beat. Every corner gets beat in every game. It's just, can you also win a lot more there too? Who are you more confident in right now through two preseason games, Caleb Farley or Rashad Weaver? But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Quick trip down I-40 exit 236. Wilson County Hyundai has got you covered. Your perfect make and model just right around the corner. It's the Palisade. Maybe if you need a a full-size SUV, maybe a four-door sedan like the Sonata, the Elantra, the Tucson, the Ionic, which is battery-powered. Their fleet of vehicles can get you from point A to point B with less money because they're either fuel-efficient, which all of their cars are, or they're battery-powered, like the Ionic. You can order it directly off of the website or go there and test drive one today. Payne Bone and his team will make sure that you are in the perfect ride for you and your family. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. A to Z Sports, download the BetMGM app and use our code ATOZ Sports, and you can go risk-free bet for your first bet on the BetMGM app after your first deposit. Uh, We're back in betting season, baby, with football right around the corner. Zach, do you know what happens for the first time on Saturday? There's an SEC football team in action. Vandy traveling to Hawaii. Vandy minus, <laughs> Vandy minus six and a half in Hawaii. I already tell you something. I I I bet placed a bet last week on the Rainbow Warriors plus six and a half for that trip. Vandy just got into Hawaii last night. So you can go risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars with a bet MGM app with your first bet. That's uh code ATOZ Sports. Wow, so this uh, not many times do I get to talk about Hawaii and the University of Hawaii. So my mom actually was a Rainbow Warrior. She went to a, a semester in college wow. at the University of Hawaii. So, look, I, Vandy, I root for Vandy, but Vandy's trying to be the best team in the country, right? Isn't that what they say? The best program in the country. Best <laughs> oh, program. program, not team, right? So I, I will be watching that. Uh, it's a late kickoff. <laughs> Just oh, is that. it? Yeah, it's like a 9.30 kickoff on Saturday. That's a good little nightcap there on Saturday night. Hey, college football, sign me up. Uh, Give me my syringe, pull the blood back, and push it in. That's how I feel about football. Saturday, I will be watching this Vandy-Hawaii game, and I'll be on BetMGM and sprinkle a little cash on it. I already put uh, Hawaii plus six and a half. That just feels right. All right, That'll be a game-time decision. I got to see the line a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so uh, who do you feel more confident in through two preseason games, Caleb Farley or Rashad Weaver? Zach, I'll let you ahead of the chat. It's Weaver. 
I mean, yeah, I, I, we, I had a feeling this was going to be Weaver, but it's just the, it's just the easier answer, right? I don't, but th- isn't that that's not good? <laughs> no, I, I I disagree. I think it's easier for fans to feel more confident about Rashad Weaver because, like, it's it's but that's harder. not good that they are. I it no, it doesn't. That doesn't bother me. Like, I don't think it's good or bad. I just think it's na- it's natural because guess what? Us watching on TV, we have no idea when Rashad Weaver makes a mistake. No clue. We have no idea what that looks like on TV when a, when an edge rusher makes a mistake. But everybody knows what it looks like when a corner makes a mistake. So when Scotty Miller beats Caleb Farley down the side sideline, everybody and their mother sees it. We have no idea what happens when Weaver makes a mistake. But Farley's been, and here's one thing about Farley. He's been right place, right time the last couple of weeks, right? Like, with right there recovering that fumble it was kind of a both right they both had that but I feel like Farley and then even the fumble that was called back when they were out of bounds Farley was in on that right so I like I don't want to give my my answer away but the chat resounding Weaver Steven William even Mark Zuckerberg Facebook user that kind of comes in on our show every once in a while Clout House uh, with Weaver there's a Caleb Farley from Jake but Jeff, Deshaun, probably Eric, not a question from Timothy, Sam, Cincinnati Titan. Houston comes in with Farley. The, the rest have been Weavers. Adam is Weaver. Major is Weaver. Uh, Xavier is Weaver. Brian is Weaver. Rooney is Weaver. So over, I mean, overwhelmingly it's it's Weaver, but I like where Caleb Farley has been at times. And that tells me he could be right at the right place at the right time for turnovers. And if he can create turnovers, here's the difference. Rashad Weaver will get less opportunity to create turnovers. Caleb Farley will get more opportunity to impact and change the game. Farley should be the answer. And you know what? I think I'm going to go Farley. Farley has a, a harder task. It's yeah. And, and we've established that. Such so I, like job. if on the scale, right, if there's a curve I, and we're trying to get to even, I I think Farley has progressively got better, which I like to see from this week, from the bad practice that was reported to what he's put together. And I like how the Titans are putting him out there. They're not treating him like a diva first round pick. They're treating they're treating him honestly, and they're not treating Burks like a first round pick. He's playing deep into these games. They're playing the guys throw that the need damn to ball. Play. Somebody throw him, so throw Traylon Burks damn ball, please. That's out of his hands, as uh, Grable said. As I've said, yeah, the most dependent position in all football, the wide receiver. So, Cincinnati Titan says you don't know what it looks like when an edge makes a mistake, Austin. Of course, I do. Like I know what happens when an edge gets reach on a block and can't set the edge, uh, Cincinnati Titan. But the point is that scheme. We don't know the scheme on what a what the job on a particular play is for an edge defender. But when it's a one-on-one man coverage on the outside with a corner and a wide receiver, everybody can see that. That's the whole point, that Caleb Farley's job is so much harder uh, on a down-to-down basis than, than Rashad Weaver's. There's so much pressure on that guy on the island, on the corner, to not mess up because every mess up, sometimes ends in six points the other way where mess ups for edge defenders or, or D lineman or an inside linebacker might hurt, but you also might get away with it. Well, and Weaver has plays where he just gets blocked, right? Pass rushers get blocked. He he becomes non-existent. They run away from him or what? Yeah. Right. Right. So, and Billy brings up something Farley is a good open field tactor. He's aggressive. Now, sometimes that probably can hurt him, but I like the aggressive nature and the size of physique. Farley looks like a damn safety. I mean, right? I mean, he has the the tools. I mean, he is obviously a corner, but that's the reason why he's drafted in the first round is because of his attributes and what he brings as far as size and speed and playmaking ability. But he also tackles. And he's going to get an opportunity to tackle throughout the course of the season. I, I, I maybe kind of surprised myself by going Farley, but I'm, I'm going to go Farley. Uh, so part of 
Farley's just still too inconsistent. Like his highs are great, but he does have lows. I, I am more confident in Rashad Weaver because I'm also taking, I've got the banked uh, reps that Rashad Weaver had last training camp when he looked really good before he broke his leg. And now he's doing it again. I'm more confident in Weaver uh, just because I've seen Farley get picked on uh, at times in practice, whether it's Ryan Tannehill or the joint practices from Wednesday, you know, just Farley still, he has, I've seen where he'll have a bad day, but he needs to get rid of bad days and just have a bad period. Like don't let one bad period turn into a bad practice. And so that's what I've seen him do. It's have a bad period. All right. Or whatever. And then come back the next period of practice and play better. That's what his next step is too, because he might have a bad drive in a game, but you still need him to come back out there on the next snap and play better. And so that's what I've yet to really see him be able to do. Uh, I, I do like his highs, though. He's really impressive when he looks when he looks right. He looks really good. And the difficult part about this is we're you know, backup versus starter, right? Yeah, I mean that, right. that that at the end of the day. And and Heath asks, do you think the Titans would have never signed Harold Landry if Weaver would have uh, never gotten hurt and had a decent season? I mean that's a huge if and buts, beer and nuts question. Heath. Yeah, but but again, we talked about that. Last time, like last summer, remember we talked about the draft replace repeat. Like you try to draft ahead of times. Like Rashad Weaver was drafted for Harold Land- as Harold Landry insurance because you also didn't know exactly what Harold Landry was going to do last season. So you had to draft the edge rusher last draft to then make sure you had something for 2022. And yeah, now and they he ended up both. having a career year. Landry yeah. did. And then you know? and Weaver got hurt, and you got Landry back, which is good. And now you have Weaver, which is also good. Well, even you know the legal troubles that Weaver had last year after drafted, right? Still that has. was a thing. Still has that. That actually, there was a hearing last week, and I believe they kicked it down the road another four I mean, months. They're kicking this can all the way down the road. Well, you know that's just they're just no. I mean, it's the legal every- system. I understand yeah. that, but so you know, Landry. Landry and I always I said this all off season. I believe that the Titans should have signed Harold Landry because it's the type of player that they like. And if you get a guy, you draft a guy, whether it's the first or the second round, you got value at him, you keep him. And it's hard because of the price tag, but there's a lot of pressure on Bud Dupree and Harold Landry. But what I like is both of those pass rushers, Dupree and Landry, have that like high motor, aggressive, go after the football, not stop until the whistle, try to get, I mean, they, that is their, they're not like all bull, right? Like Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa and TJ Watt, some of the premier pass rushers in this league, they have different styles, right? They can bull you. They can go under, they have more of a, 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 I mean, they're just bigger. I mean, those guys are Mm -hmm. just bigger. Landry and Dupree, I feel like you kind of have to play a guessing game of which way they're going to go because they're quick, right? Dupree is aggressive and quick. Harold Landry is aggressive and quick. And that, with the interior of Autry and Simmons, with kind of the bull rush of that, that's a deadly combination of this front four. And Weaver is a nice complement to those two guys. And he, yeah, he has the length more of Bud Dupree uh, there too. So, all right, it is Esports here live on this Monday. We've talked mostly positive about the Titans minus our Logan Woodside conversation uh, for the first 42 minutes of the show. Now it is time to discuss the negative of Dylan Radins. So here's the question we have right now. How worried are you about the Titans right tackle position after Dylan Raiden's struggles, one through ten is a one through ten. So ten means you are freaking out that you that you are besides yourself freaking out about the right tackle position. One means that there is no need to concern yourself or worry at all. What is your level of worry one through ten for the right tackle position? Uh, but first, Zach, tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. FBHP.com slash A to Z. You can go online or you can give them a call at FBHP.com. The phone number is right there. 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. Better coverage, better rates, better service. That was probably the only good thing about the preseason broadcast is that you saw Farm Bureau Health Plans logo up there. That made me proud to be a representative and endorser of Farm Bureau Health Plans. 
It did not make me proud of the preseason broadcast and the camera guy. Talk about shade and uh, look, I'll be out of town going to Dallas to do some things before the season this week. So I won't be able to throw shade. So I'm going to throw shade right now on the preseason broadcast, but I'm, I, it is sunny skies when you have Farm Bureau health plans. It truly is. There is no shade involved. They will help you. They will give you better coverage. They will give you better rates and they will give you better service. FBHP.com slash A to Z. I switched earlier this year and man, am I glad that I did it, whether it's you as an individual, you as a young family, you as a family of five, it doesn't really matter. They can make your perfect plan work for you. Better coverage, better rates, better service. That's FBHP.com slash ATOZ. Download the BetMGM app today and use our code ATOZ Sports. That will give you a risk free bet up to $1,000 after your first deposit for your first bet. It's a great way to jump on board with the BetMGM train. Like Zach and I, I mentioned, I've already got Hawaii plus six and a half on Saturday as well. So we'll get our bets ramped up for football season as college football gets going in the NFL, of course, as well. Hey, the Titans also covered the three-point spread at BetMGM on Saturday against the Bucs. So visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotion and set of qualifications, other requirements. Rewards issued with knowledgeable free bets for, for site credit. Free bets expire in seven days. For problem game support, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. What is your level of worry for the right tackle job with Dylan Radin's struggles? Zach, I'll send you to the uh, chat. So one through 10, 10 being very, very, very concerned. One saying no big deal. Steven's at a six. Sin City Titan is off the Richter shell at a 12. 27, he actually upgrades from 12 to 27. So he's doing a little math there. Clayton says eight. Brian says 10. Sam says eight. 100 from Demetrius. Blake says seven. Scott with a four. Dodson goes eight. Yuri says seven. Karen goes nine. So very concerned there from Karen. Ryan says eight. Titans Kyle also goes eight. Manny says, I'm at a good seven. These are high numbers. Strong eight from Guy. Uh, Toothero says seven. Jason Martinez with six. Timothy's 10 plus. Stephen King, he is 10.10101010. Chris says seven. Donald says eight. 6.9. Nice there from Rolling Spoon, who's probably feeling pretty good this morning. Nas says 7.8. Jacoby says uh, seven. Nate says eight. Mark says seven. Ethan is off the, the scale at 15. David says eight. First name, last name. So the generic. Number there at eight, Nicholas with six. So out of all of these, and we got more comments coming in, and we appreciate all of them. Mean Dean comes in with a seven. I think the average is probably 7.8 out of the the chat. There was a lot of eights there and a lot of tens, but they are high. So Austin, where do you reside on your concern level at for right tackle? And then, you know, we'll talk about Dylan Radens. So the right tackle job, this this question involves Dylan Radens, but it also do, involves Nicholas Petit-Frere, right? So I am I am more confident in NPF than Dylan Radens right now. I think NPF is the right tackle for the majority of this season. I, I don't know if he'll get to start week one against the Giants or not. I think they might give Raidens an opportunity, but I think he'll end up losing it. And I just know they really, really like NPF in his in his intelligence, like his athletic intelligence to also go with his mental intelligence there too. So, you know, I'm at a, I think six and a half is right though. Like I, because it is so important because of what happened with Ryan Tannehill last year. You know, if you're going to rely on a rookie, third round pick as your right tackle at some point throughout the season, you know, you're still going to have situations where that guy's going to get beat and you don't want it to end up having your quarterback on the ground. And Dylan Radins is not getting better. Dylan Radins is continuing to struggle. Like I, like they want Dylan Radins to win this job. It would be better for the franchise for him to win the job, but he's not doing it. And so at some point, I just don't know if it's going to work. So I, I'm at a six and a half on, on the worry level. Love of the show is going to our guy, Donald. Longtime listener. He's been watching for a long, long time. Conklin has been gone since 2019. 
and John Robinson still hasn't replaced him. I'm at a nine. nine. I think this this right tackle position, I've been saying it for weeks. That was my that's what my thing has been. I think the right tackle position is god awful. I, I I'd be scared to death of it. I think it is going to be one of the Achilles heels of the offense. I don't think that they are confident in either guy. I do agree with you, Austin, that they want Raidens to win, but wanting and actually having it happen is two different things. I want a yacht. I want a $3 million house in Key sure, West. That's my point. But that is not the reality of it right now. Right. <laughs> and so, like, that... The right tackle position is a nine for me. I think it is the number one question mark on this football team. Can you give me another question mark that is bigger than that position? Like on its, like by itself. I mean, no, you can't because you're going to have to play somebody that, you know, one or two guys that have a combined one start in the NFL. It's the number one thing. So and Clay- I can't be at a six or six and a half or four or three. I have to be at a nine if it is the number one thing on the team. I, I, I can't be anything else, especially both made mistakes, right? In the game. Sure. Both got flags. That's a problem. So it's not one guy is superseding the other. They're both playing bad. One may be playing slightly better. Yeah, I don't I don't think NPF is playing bad. You can't I, have penalties. The, don't do dumb stuff to hurt the team. Sure. What is the number one thing that does dumb stuff to hurt the team? Penalties, yes. Yellow football yeah, but, flags. But there's also a difference in penalties, too. There are, like, false starts, pre-snap penalties. There is zero excuse for any pre-snap penalty. 100% avoidable. But there are all these things called effort penalties. And a lot of times, coaches can live with some level of effort penalties. Now a hold can be either a hold can be a dumb penalty or it's the right play. Like, would you rather have a hold on the defensive lineman or have that D lineman run free and knock your quarterback upside the face? I'd rather have the hold. So again, like I get what you're saying, but not all penalties are created equal. Just like not, not all interceptions are created equal too. So there, there's going to be penalties. False starts are unacceptable, and both of them had a false start, so that will be fixed. And the whole mantra of practice with the Titans offseason has been make new mistakes. I haven't seen a lot of false starts from NPF this this training camp, uh, but you know he had one on Saturday, so we'll see if he has another one. Don't make them when the lights are shining the brightest, right? Yeah. Uh, I stick with my nine. Here's my other question, and I have my opinion on it. Do you think the Titans need to go once these cuts are making, go get a veteran? He's not going to be, you're not going to be like this unbelievable right tackle, right? So like the expectations are there, but some right tackles are going to get cut that have more experience than Dylan Radens and Nicholas Petit Ferrer. Do you go out and do you sign one of those guys and put pressure and rather ride with a guy that has NFL experience than Raidens, who, you know, got a little bit last year and Pretit Ferrer, who's never played a snap of real NFL football? I, I, I will say Meaningful. that the Titans need to be in the right tackle market. Yeah. I, I don't have, know what the result is, but they need to be in the right tackle market. It, that's why I'm at a nine. If you're sitting there saying that you've got to be in the right tackle market, Austin, I think you need to be higher than a six and a half because this question is about the position. If you're saying you're going to go out and get somebody else, you got to be higher than a six, five. That means that you're, you're probably no, but settling on what you have. No, because here's what I think about this, because I, I don't believe that much in Dylan Radins. I believe more in NPF. So if NPF eventually takes over as your starter, then you have the guy I don't believe in as your backup. And then how much do you trust in Dylan Radins to be your left or right tackle backup? That's where you need the veteran. And you know, the veteran you're going to get off the waiver wire is not going to, is not going to be like plug and play right tackle day one starter type of guy, but could he be your swing guy? Could he play the Dennis Kelly role? Could it be Dennis Kelly? <laughs> but I mean, that, that's, that's what you're looking for on the open market. So I like NPF because of where he's already at 
this quickly. Here's the hard part about the market, guys. It's tackle position. That's the worst position to be in the market for. Right. There's plenty of wide receivers at home tweeting, trying to get contracts. You can find guards. Centers are tough because, you know, there's one position and you need to lead. Right. Tackles are not, not abundant on because this nobody market. just cuts tackle. No, tackle no. They've, they've already been gotten up. They've been gobbled. They've been either drafted or signed. So it's a bad spot to be in for a team to look at the open market. Now, here's the thing. Guys will get cut, right? And, you know, it's scouting. You got to go scout other people's tape that you have the ability to watch. And the hard part is, is that Raiden's, and we've known this, Austin. I think you mentioned this last week. Raiden's coming out of college was a good run blocker. They ran the football. They didn't throw the football. Well, in this league, yeah. we throw the football. Yeah, <laughs> it's the yeah. NFL. You throw it on third and seven, and you're going to be in a lot of third down and seven positions throughout the course of the year of an NFL season. You ain't going to run the football, even if you have Derrick Henry. And Raidens has struggled at, you know, it, it kind of feels like as watching him against the Bucks. We'll just single that out. He's trying to get to his spot, right? Like in a tackle, that's what your job is, right? Anticipating the snap getting to your spot and getting that foot in the ground to get your leverage and get set right with your hands. But the consistency of that, I think Raidens has struggled with, and maybe he's thinking too much. I don't know what it is, but this I'm at a nine. Woo, 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 woo. Sound the alarms. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm about one, one notch away from sound of the alarms. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not that high. Um, yeah, six and a half is where I'll stick. But again, like you bring up Dylan Raiden's college, right? At North Dakota State, they were consistently a top 10 rushing football team uh, the, during the two years that Raiden started the games, right? They only averaged 19 pass attempts per game, which meant if you run the ball really well, how what percentage of 19 pass attempts were off of play action where the offensive line got the benefit of the play action, where it's not just a true you know, pass set on third and eight. You know, Dylan Radins does not have a lot. And they drafted two guys we talked about a lot this show. Caleb Farley and Dylan Radins. Both have One high and two potential and ceilings, but low-level experience at what they're being paid to do at the NFL level. I do agree, Austin, that Radins will get the opportunity to start the season unless something crazy happens in the next week and a half. And then Petit Frere will probably be you'll have a short leash it'll be and i'm not saying dylan radins is better than what jamil douglas was several years ago at guard but it'll be a similar thing to me as jamil douglas starting the season nate davis taking over week four you know how long can dylan radins hold on to the right tackle job and fight off npf and you and you know bobby is asking about hooper and chipping and good. you're going to have to get creative right he's good at it that's the good thing austin hooper's a good blocker but he's also a really good pass catcher right you don't want to have a revolving door at the tackle position this season you you, you want to be because injuries are going to happen somebody's going to get hurt right i mean the the probability of that is very very high in an nfl football season in 17 games the good thing is, uh, you know, you have confidence in Lawan, Ben Jones, Nate Davis. Like those, I feel like the line has come together. It's that right tackle position, though, that that kind of scares me. I mean, it doesn't kind of scare me; it does. Well, I'm kind of scared about this. Would you rather? Because you've already said that it's like I would some, be scared. I yeah, would be right. scared of this. All right. Would you rather? We wrap up every Monday show with you rather. So uh, on Monday, so Zach, let's go ahead and dive into it. What is our would you rather scenario that you have presented us with today? So I, I had to kind of think long and hard about this because I, I tried to find two individuals that were similar, you know, in whatever reason, but the would you rather is, would you rather have OJ Simpson or Dennis Rodman represent you if you were in trouble? And this is on the heels of Rodman going over to Russia and trying to save Brittany Griner. So 
Who are you going to pick, OJ or Rodman, to represent you if you are in trouble? Now, what kind of trouble, you know, that is in the eye of the beholder. But you've got to pick one. So, OJ, you know, he's had his his troubles, whether it was the Vegas hotel room, whether it was the glove does is too tight, or Rodman, who, you know, it's been documented. I don't know if you've watched these documentaries on Rodman. I've watched a documentary on Rodman. You get to know Dennis Rodman and his mindset. So if you were in trouble, who would you rather represent you, OJ Simpson or Dennis Rodman? So who's gotten away with more? <laughs> OJ. Right? OJ has gotten away with more. Uh, but he also and, got caught. He spent time in jail. Sure, sure. And Dion says OJ because OJ's been there. He knows the ins and outs. <laughs> and then Omar says OJ because he can get away with everything. And then I, I did see uh, somebody say Rodman. Uh, where did it go? It was a really good comment. Um, Rodman's got the good connections. And that, you know, Rodman went over there and made friends with North Korea. And so, like, I, Rodman has the ability to smooth things over and make and create relationships with a lot of people that we can't just normally re create relationships with. So I think I would have to turn to Dennis Robin on this one. Now, Steven says that he's taking the plea deal before he goes to either you, one. You, so you can't do that, right? That, that's the, would you rather? I, and I feel like these are two really close guys. I was pretty proud of myself on the Rodman Simpson thing. I, I go with, I go with uh, the worm. So, I don't know if you've seen on the internet, you know, when OJ got out, he went, you know, he got his phone and he started recording, right? And he'd do these, he'd be playing golf and he'd say, you know, hey, OJ here. <laughs> and so we got to know, you know, a little bit more about OJ. And look, I'm 35 for the majority of my years, OJ was in jail, right? So like, I didn't know the juice as the 2000 yard rusher for the Buffalo Bills. I didn't know the juice as, you know, the popularity at USC that he represented. I don't like Dennis Rodman. Uh, I think there's just something about him, and this is hard to say this when we're talking about O.J. Simpson. There's something about Rodman I don't trust. And I don't know what it is because I don't really trust Simpson, but I'm going to go O.J., I, I I think OJ is willing to do whatever it takes, you know, and Alex brings up literally wrote a book about it, right? Like he, he's, he's going to do whatever it takes to represent me, the person being in trouble in this hypothetical. I go OJ <laughs> and you know what? Cause he's going to have some really good, you know, clips that, that can help us. Yeah, but OJ is just worried about his fantasy football team. And you know what? I, I don't give a damn about OJ's <laughs> fantasy football team. And I don't want him focused on that. I'm, he did, I'm going, it did wear off pretty quick, those videos, right? Like, they were funny the, for the first the couple line? of months. He, he, always, he started every video with, hey. hey. Yeah, what was There that? was something like, hey, hey, peeps and something. OJ here. Like, it was some type of, like, intro. I can't <laughs> think of it. Of what he started with. But it cracked me up. But yeah, it get got old real quick, real quick. And but I feel I, like yeah. Rodman would get distracted, right? Rodman, if something, something, he's very, he, you know, he, he gets distracted very easily, whether it's, you know, women or drugs or whatever. I don't, he may be sober now, so I don't know, but, or, you know, dressing up, uh, you know, in, in wedding gowns, who knows, but I feel like OJ would be more focused. So I'm going to go with the juice. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Ward says, Hey, are you cool cats and kittens? <laughs> I think wasn't that it was something like that. There was something, yeah, yeah. Hey, OJ here. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we know it's you, OJ, because your Twitter handle is right above it. Like you don't have to introduce yourself. He became popular real quick on Twitter, like big time following yeah. right out of the gate. Yeah. You get out of jail and you get a Twitter account. Oh man. All right. I'm going with Dennis, but all right, guys, great Monday show off of the uh off of the Titans win over the Bucks in the preseason. So we'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Uh, Zach, you are heading out to Dallas. So Sam Phelan will get a bunch of, uh, get a bunch of reps this week, just like Malik Willis on the morning show. So Sam will be with us. Uh, he's going to practice this afternoon. Titans do practice today starting at one 30. So an afternoon practice for the Titans today. 
And then uh, we'll be back at it. I guess the Cardinals are in town with no J.J. Watt. Sad face. J.J. Watt tested positive for COVID. So the two biggest people for for both teams with joint practices will miss the joint practices. Tom yeah, Brady. But, but DeAndre Watt. Hopkins will be practicing. Yeah. But J.J. Watt was going to be a spectacle because of how, like, how cheesy was J.J. Watt going to be? And we'll never know because he – yeah, well, in the Texans-Titans thing, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, guys. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel with practice going out uh, starting this afternoon. There'll be tons of Titans practice highlights and videos and interviews on the YouTube channel this afternoon. So check that out. Subscribe A to Z Sports Nashville on YouTube and Buck Rising Live tonight for A to Z Sports Primetime. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a good Monday. Thanks. Adios.